Welcome to AUCD Network Narratives, where we share real stories from our members. I'm your host, J.D. Flores, a self-advocacy discipline coordinator at the Strong Center for Developmental Disabilities and the co-chair for the Council on Leadership and Advocacy. Join us as we hear from inspiring leaders within our network working to make a change. This episode is an important one. JD is joined by her colleague and Senior Health Project Coordinator for the Strong Center for Developmental Disabilities, Sabrina Smith. Sabrina is loving life and appreciating those she shares space and time with. She's always excited about learning about others and about herself. She sees learning as a lifelong goal and obligation. JD and Sabrina co-lead a diversity, equity, and inclusion forum for the Developmental Behavioral Pediatrics Division. And in this conversation, they share the real and difficult story of what that work looks like and means for their center. They talk about the labor that comes with oversharing and overpouring into DEI work and what is really needed to see tangible change, including some advice for other centers who have or are starting EDI committees. Listen in. So Sabrina, tell me about your journey with DNI. I guess I shouldn't say your journey; it's our journey because we did this together. I feel like we have a cheat code today. Like I feel like you, you right? Like it's our journey, but I think in a way, like you helped me to start. Like you, you, you helped bring me to this journey. Like when the opportunity was at the time, we looked at it as an opportunity. We saw it as an opportunity to really kind of take over some, not take over, but to have some conversations that were more real. And you were like. I'll do it if you do it. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, and you just always inspire me. So I was like, how could I say no? Like, you just one of those people that just like, I don't know. I see you pushing and moving and I'm like, okay, I could roll with her and do this. Like, I'm, I'm with that. So the journey has been exciting. One, because I enjoy your company. Two, I love your realness and your authenticity. Three, I don't think the audience or, or I shouldn't say audience, but that's really, really what I feel like they are. Sometimes I feel like more like even spectators at certain times, I don't think it truly appreciate our experience. So I think it's been like a bittersweet journey. Like I'm loving it with you, but it's been bittersweet to have to know that not really know if people really appreciate our personal and our, our lived experience on this journey for equity and inclusion and what we have gone through in our in our lives and our employment spaces, academic, you know, our professional journeys. I don't think people really appreciate our experiences to really want to see change happen. So it's been it's been interesting. I have to, to say the least, it has been interesting. I think it's funny you say that I like motivate you to keep going because I would say the same thing for you. I think that especially in the beginning, if you remember the beginning of all of this. So Sabrina and I were uh, selected or asked to I want to run our DNI efforts at the University of Rochester's pediatric developmental peds um, division. And when this happened and when we got started, it was in the midst of chaos and anarchy in our own city, um, in our own backyard. There had been a man who was killed by the police um, in our city. And it was rough. There were, you know, it was rough terrain for the folks who live here and for all the businesses existing. And so I just felt like it was like the universe running a joke on Sabrina and I as two women of color take over the diversity exactly. efforts in a predominantly white division. Yes. And so this is not in our wheelhouse. We are making this up as we go. And whenever I felt like, you know, I was cool, I was done, I was ready to go, you were like, but. 
we we got this one thing and you remember you said like that one thing and then you you would keep me in the loop so I think it's funny that you say like I keep you pushing but like I would say the same thing right Mm -hmm. like there's been plenty of times where I'm like no Sabrina like we can't do this no more like we have (laughs) there is literally nothing else left that we could do here and you're like but yeah but we could try this way and I and I think we keep each other going absolutely because DNI is really hard Yes, it is that emotional lift. Like, I don't think people really truly appreciate the emotional lift. And that's something like you like vocalize that like so well, constantly telling people like, I'm tired of over pouring, I'm tired of oversharing and getting people to realize that, you know, you need to do the work. It's personal work. It's not like this thing where we come in and it's the magic button and we hit it. And now all of a sudden you understand what equity is or you understand what what our struggles are, but you're really trying to get you know, help people to invest in doing their own personal work. And you just say it. I love that about how you just be like, I'm tired, y'all. Like I'm tired of the overshare. I'm tired of the overpour. And now it's like, all we keep hearing lately about is, oh, we're very aware of the black tax. And I'm like, has it not been there? Like how long has JD been talking about the black tax, the lift of what we've had to do for this work? So it's like, I appreciate like your authenticity all the time, like your transparency of telling people like, no, like we overpour and overshare all the time. Like where y'all at in this space? So I think that's part of the reason why I just, I stay in it because your realness and your rawness with, with regardless to who shows up or who don't show up, they gonna get 100% like JD all the time. I'd be pulling back, but they get 100% all the JD all the time. And I'll fall back because I'm kind of like, and I ain't trying to go so hard at him. I know people trying to understand, but it's like, as of late, I'm just feeling like, do people want to understand? Do they really want to get where we come from in this space? So I have to be honest, like you the oil of my fire. You keep me pushing when it comes to that. You keep me burning. So that's why I stay in it, honestly. So when you think of the youth said, and you, and you think of, I guess not just the youth said, because we do this for our division across the board. And we do this also for our community. We don't just do it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the buck doesn't stop there. When you think of it like pie in the sky, what what would you wish could happen from all the work that we've done? If I want to be real honest, first I would say a real legitimate, like pay me for my efforts. Like I really look at how much we put into this. Like I remember at the beginning when we started this, like we was working on the weekends. Like we was doing work on the weekends trying to figure out like how we do this. And you would, be, I would be like, well, don't do it because, you know, JD, you know, your pay works different from mine. And, you know, but I would send you stuff and you would be like, why is she working on the weekends? And it's because we were so invested. And I just look at like, someone asked me the other day, like, you know, I know they said to me, not asked me, it was like, I know you haven't gotten, um, been compensated for this. Um, and we're working on that. And I had to say, just wonder if I'm honest, like if I was staying in this for the money, I'd have been gone a long time ago. So pie in the sky, the money is a small consolation as to what I want to see really happen for people who have been just literally just excluded just simply because you can. I really want to see those efforts. And I don't really want it to go through all of these these, I'm tired of hearing about a policy change. I'm tired of hearing about a pay equity change and a scale change and and an algorithm for why it takes to make all people equal. Like the mere fact that I walked in the room and I got a heartbeat that made me equal to you. So it was like real weird, real strange to see like the things that we call equal, the things that we know to be equity for people. You feel like a policy needs to initiate that. So what I want to see just like, if my pie in the sky is that, I don't care who walked through the door. You view them as your equal the second they walk through the door. It doesn't have to be earned. It doesn't, it's not something that has to be, they have to work for. It's not something they got to prove to you. Just from by their very existence in the room, whatever it is, you know, 
equity should start just by their, them walking in the room. And so for me, pie in the sky is get rid of all this crap we sit up here and call that we say it takes to make something equal. You know, I'm over that. At first, I was like, really, like, we got to work through and it's going to take this and it's going to take that. And I'm like, nah, because it didn't take that for you to get here. So why does it take that for somebody else? So I'm over that for real. And so that's my pie in the sky. It's like, I long for that day. Like when, you know, JD, just for all the efforts and what she poured, all of her overpairing, overpouring, it's just simply, nah, we got you. Like you, there is no, you, you, you don't have to jump through the hoops and we don't need to change your policy. And you don't need to have 12 degrees to be paid more than what you're worth. Like, because you are worth all of that and some more. And that's what it should be at the door. We shouldn't have to fight for certain things any longer. And for me, I'm just, I'm over that. Like I'm over having to earn the space in the room and having to earn the, you know, the money in the check and having to earn the respect in, in your, what you call your community, because I've learned very quickly at where I work that, you know, the community that I work for and the community that I live in, they're very two different places. And so, you know, it's time for all of that to be over. And I think that's where, you know, my pie in the sky lands at when it comes into that. Like just the mere fact that we walk in a space, we are treated that equity meets us at the door. And so that's what I'm looking for. I think that was one of one of our biggest obstacles too, right? Is that we live in this city, right? Like we are, the city is our community, right? Is is where we go to bed at, is what, you know, is what we eat, what we breathe, like, you know, right. um, you know, the soil beneath our toes. Exactly. It is not the same, you know? And so I think that the way we view the city and the folks of our community and the folks in the city is so different, I would say. Um, and I would think that that was one of our biggest obstacles because we didn't have that strong of a connection, you know, with our city, our division and, you know, the providers who provide services to those folks exactly. in the city. And so I want to take a moment, like for us to brag really about a lot of the stuff that we've been able to accomplish, like in this exactly. role, we, yeah. in the span of, it's been two years, right? Two, yeah. two, two years, years, we have two had yes. probably like a dozen forms Mm-hmm. where we have brought in community folks to bring up issues but also just to hear their voice of things of their experience as living in this city and so what Sabrina and I do during the year is we we try to if the the month has a theme we try to align with that theme of the month and I would say one of my favorites was when we brought the panel of women in and oh God, that was yeah, amazing. like like we brought these women in. We had, one was yes. a county legislator, one was a community advocate, one was a pastor, mm-hmm. uh, one was a mental health, I believe, mental health advocate. But it was just, yes. and they were all women of color. And so having a space where predominantly with people of color are presenting is different for where we work and the kind of webinars or whatever that we attend. So that within itself was different, but also just being able to hear the perspective, but also something big that Sabrina and I were able to mm-hmm. do is we, we were able to communicate with our USA director and, and get monies um, and, and that to, to yeah. pay our presenters. And so we had these women come in and they're sharing their stories and it's, it's like, it's dope because I don't want to jump in, but I also want to jump in at the same time. Cause I'm like, Oh, we should all be talking. But mm-hmm. it was, that was like <laughs> such an exciting time for me. Like, yes. What would you say would be your favorite? Yeah. I think my favorite, honestly, I won't say his name, but we brought in president and CEO of one of our early childhood or- organizations, and he just like knocked it out the park from an experience that happened here in the city and just really helped us to see like if the health of our children is failing, 
then the whole city is failing. And I think that was the most eye-opening conversation when he talked about the health of our children and how poorly our children are doing as it relates to health outcomes, educational outcomes. I mean, I was I was like, really, that conversation, I think the chat was lit up from the entire time. And it's like, people were all with it. Remember, and I don't know if you remember, J.D., until you started talking about imposing a tax that if you work in the city but live in the suburbs and people just was kind of like then the chat just kind of got silent they were with it till he started you know really moving in that vein but he literally let people know that when you see black and brown children in a city who are two and three years behind how well do you really expect the city to fare in the future like what are your what do you think the prospects of our city will be and whether you live here work here or play here you will be impacted and i think that was just completely eye-opening and so i always take I think of that's one of the sessions that drives me and, you know, because I look at the health of of babies and I look at the health of our our toddlers and preschoolers, you know, all the time. And when I see them being denied basic rights, care, access, it just like, it lets me know that it's so much more work to be done. And then the, but the question still resonates with me is why, if you know, this is what the future of your city is going to look like, you should automatically want to make sure no, I can step in and I can do something about that. And just keep it at 100%. Like, JD does that work. She, like, nah, this ain't about bigging me up. This is your moment. Sabrina does that work on but, a personal level, and Sabrina does that work on a professional level. I think that I, I can say we both do it, though. We both do it because we care so much about what the future of our city looks like. And I just don't know if people in that we work with, I don't know if our colleagues truly appreciate how much we care about what the future of your city looks like. Like, some of some of our biggest, you know, organizations that, you know, the organization we work for, it, it employs over 30,000 employees. Most of them are city residents whose children, you know, your their children and their grandchildren are the very children that are impacted by what's happening in the city. So I would think you would be very interested. And JD and I, we literally get in and we do that work. And you know, what we're seeing to the health of these these babies and these these moms and, and trying to make sure that whatever we can do, it happens. And so I think equity is something just that we that we we breathe. It's what we do. And and it, it's, it's we know that our existence depends on it and not just our existence, but the existence of others. I can't exist if JD don't exist. Like, that's not how the world works. You know, I need JD to make it in order for me to make it. And so, you know, I look at, I look at every, you know, everyone I encounter every day, I look at them the same way. And so when I saw that drive in JD, it was like, she just like lit a fire. Like, you know, when she down to do something, I'm like, let's go. You know, like that's how it is. That's pretty much how we end up in a lot of trouble. Uh, (laughs) But I I think that also something that for us, and I don't want to speak for you, but something for us that really pushed us in this DNI work, uh, we watched a video a TED talk of this woman mm-hmm. from David who attended Davidson university or is it, are they college? I don't know. Davidson. Yes. Yeah. Did. And she was determined to change that college in a hundred days. Now Sabrina and I were determined to change things in a hundred days as well. Um, it's just taking us more than a hundred days. <laughs> she, she might've had more, more juice than Sabrina and I, maybe she, <laughs> I think so. More juice. More, yeah, definitely more money, more pizzazz. And so we were motivated by her TED talk of a hundred days of bringing change, you know, especially radical change to Davidson campus um, in a hundred days. And, you know, for us, it, it was more so about how do we expand and create stronger connections to our community, right? That's what we were hoping for. That's what we were looking for. 
And that's what we fight for every day, I would say. And that's what we fight for specifically within our, you know, our diversity, inclusion and equity efforts. What else would you say? Like, what would you say was most of our progress? Where do you see most of our progress? I'm going to be honest. Most of our progress comes from, I think we've built like a rapport with, with, even though we haven't been, you know, it's been baby steps. When it comes to real conversations, like, I think we have guided this division into some of the most hardest conversations that they have ever had to have for self-reflection. And it wasn't to make people feel bad, but it's to really make people honestly reflect upon who they are as individuals, because who you are as individuals definitely shows who you are as a collective. And I have seen that, you know, whether they have liked the conversations or not, even in our being real, I think it has really helped people to really think twice about you know, before they do something, before they say that off the cuff statement, you know, before they just automatically assume or before they just, you know, I, I think those real hard conversations, for example, I remember we had, um, I remember our first conversation, JD, we was like, can you spare some change? And people were like, there were certain people in the division that was just real turned off by it because it was like, no, can you spare some change? It's literally about what are you willing to change about you? And people couldn't get the play on words. Like they couldn't understand that after, you know, we didn't just talk about oppression that we've gone through, but we talked about the compounded oppression of just black and brown people in America, period. And what is the dominant culture? What is white culture? What is white America willing to do to spare some change? And we got comments from that that conversation like, oh, they only got this because they was black. And you under, do you see this language they're using? And it's like, people couldn't even understand our vernacular to be like, dang, like, let me think about that. Like, you got all this education and you can't hear the play on words. You can't hear the framework in which we're, we're talking about. We need to speak with, speak to you at a doctoral level for you to understand that you really need to self-reflect and look at yourself to say, I really need to look at myself. Like, cultural humility begins with me. If, if, if the world is going to change, it starts with me. And people really struggle with that. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't change one thing about it. I would not change anything about it. I would continue to have hard conversations with people, conversations that don't want to be had, be it about racism, sexism, gender, whatever. I would continue to have those conversations for the mere fact is that I know that when I ruffle your feathers, you know that there's something that you need to do. You know that there's some some self-reflection that you need to do. So that one always stands out to me the most. It stands out to me all the time about that. You know, that was one of our very first presentations and heart conversations. And I know that it ruffled feathers. And I think that was the start of us being able to bring community people into that space to have those same heart conversations um, to talk about the community in, in a way that, you know, our division hasn't heard ever. So that's like where, you know, I can say we, you know, we might not have been given the agency to make policy change or to you do whatever people think should be done as it relates to equity and inclusion through their purview or through their through their perspective. But when I can say have hard conversations, when we can talk about the police in the city of Rochester abusing a nine-year-old girl, and we work for a division of pediatricians and nurses and developmental specialists, and we just say, yo, it's need, it needs to be a call to action. Like, where y'all yeah. at? Like, ain't this what you said? You <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and I think that we have <laughs> just... You know, try to be super true to ourselves, super true to, to the use of abonics, particularly me. But I think that, particularly I think that that's really, um, <laughs> it speaks to our authenticity of, that we are who we are, regardless of yes. the space and place that we take in. Ask you one last question and hopefully mm-hmm. you can answer it. What advice would you give other centers who are, you know, approaching their DNI efforts, who are pushing and, and wanting to change the space in which they're in? Be real with it. I'm just going to be honest. Stop, stop the games with people. 
stop putting people in place, places and spaces where you don't even actually really expect to see change. Don't just let it be the next like buzzword. Don't let it be that next thing. Like do the real work. Like like literally, you know, don't just have your people showing up in places and spaces because it make you look good, you know, to say, oh, we got diversity, equity and inclusion efforts. No, make sure they can do real tangible work that has outcomes. Equip them to do that work. Like, don't play the games with people. Like, this is an emotional labor. Like, you cannot pay for this stuff. Like, you can't pay people enough money for the emotional labor of diversity, equity, and inclusion. You cannot. I don't care how many degrees they have. I don't care how many people they've talked to. I don't care who got their back. You can't pay people enough for this work because, you know what? It's changing an entire culture. It's changing the culture of where people work, live, earn, play, whatever. If a you said out there, I will tell you 100%. If you're talking about, oh, we want to embark on this journey, not only put your money where your mouth is, but give people the agency that they need to make real change. If you don't have no plan to do that, then don't play with people like that. I'm just going to be honest. Don't set people up for failure because you know what? The emotional well-being that it's, you know, the emotional toll it takes on people's well-being is devastating. So don't play with people like that, especially when we talk about the, our, the AUCD and what we stand for. Be real with it. Be real with it. If you're not going to be real with it, don't even do it. Don't even do it. It's, it's it's not a game. It's people's lives. It's people's livelihood. It's what they live for. It's what they breathe for. So don't do that to people. You know, like be real with it. That's what I would honestly say. Well, thank you so much for joining me in this dope conversation. I appreciate your time and your energy. And that's it for us. Thank you, Shorty. Love you, Love you. Too, Thank you so much. Always. always. Thank you for tuning in to AUCD Network Narratives. If this story has inspired you to make a change at your center or program, use the link in our show notes for resources and tools to help you lead on. We'd love to connect with you. So visit the AUCD website and click on the submit your story button at the top. We hope to hear from you soon.